Live from the KTSW studios in San Marcos, Texas, this is Bobcat Radio. Good morning, Bobcat and Rattler fans. Welcome to this Friday's edition of Bobcat Radio. I am your host, Audrey Pasillas, and today I am joined alongside my producer, Justin Brown, and my co-hosts, Taylor Quinn, Kalani DeLuna, and Luke Fox. We have a lot to unravel this morning from Texas State men's basketball Thursday night dub to San Marcos boys basketball game tonight. But right before we get into it, let's throw it to Taylor for a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage route of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Taylor. Now let's dive right in. Today is February 2nd, 2024, the first Bobcat Radio of February. It is also Groundhog Day. So what are y'all's predictions from Phil the Groundhog? Will he see his shadow or will we have six more weeks of winter? Man, I haven't heard of Groundhog Day in a long time. <laughs> I'm bringing it back. It's the nostalgia. I was nostalgia. thinking of the, mo- the movie with Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> uh, is he going to see his shadow? Right now it's looking like outside that he's going to see his shadow. I don't know. <laughs> Most definitely. It's a little cloudy in case Wait, you haven't been what outside what does it today. mean if he sees his shadow? Tell me again. If he sees his shadow, he goes back into his burrow and he stays in there for six more weeks until um, spring, right? Spring, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those years. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so we're going to dive right in, like I said, with San Marcos High School boys basketball. They are currently sitting at 2-4 and four in the district. They recently just lost to Clemens, 62-39. to 39. Guys, what can the Rattlers do to prepare for the Steel Knights tonight? Just to keep this in mind, Steel is 1-5 in the district. They just recently lost to New Braunfels, New Braunfels 67-56. to 56. I think the big thing about the loss at Clemens is turnovers. I said this last week, but turnovers have cost them the game. They turned the ball over last game 13 times. So especially playing against Steele, they need to play some cleaner basketball and make sure that the turnovers are at a minimum. Always, like, playing a team twice is always tough, you know. Like, they know how you're going to perform, play on defense and offense and how you operate. But the last time that San Marcos played Steele, um, the score was—the— the Rattlers won 75 to 58. And um, like a uh, top performer that night was Donovan Reddick. He had 29 points. So if he continues to be as aggressive as he was on defense, I feel like they will have it. And yeah, and like just like I said, continue to be aggressive on defense. I feel like that will help them and lessen the turnovers. Yeah, I mean, like. We look at this last matchup against Steele. I mean, this this is, this is a team that the Rattlers face every year. I mean, unless their district changes. And you talked about Donovan Riddick. He had 29 points. I mean, that's a huge game. That's a collegiate-type number game right there. But if you're playing and you're scoring 29 points against Steele to get a win by over double digits, I expect you to have that same energy when you're playing against Clemens. But Donovan Riddick scores five points against Clemens. So, you know, you really got to be able to keep the consistency in, in the scoring column if you're going to beat any team, especially in the playoffs. Uh, you know, you really don't get to have any off days. You know, there's it, it just shows you score 29 points and then you score five points. Something ain't right there. There's something you know, either it's a mindset thing or you're not just getting the reps in beforehand. But 
uh, really got to keep that momentum going. These Rattler team, I mean, they're not, they only have like what, four games left? Four games left. Four games left. So you really got a few games left to to put yourself in playoff, uh, playoff form. And this team is a playoff team. We saw them go how many rounds last year? So you really got to get yourself in into gear before it's too late. Yeah, I think uh, San Marcos High School typically has a great start to their game, and they have that good first half, and then it can tend to like fall off in that second half. So they just really need to keep up that energy. And if they keep up that energy, I think they have a really great shot of winning against Steel. I mean, just looking at Steel, they they've already played against Clemens a little bit earlier in the season, and they went twenty five to forty four, which is a very close point difference between San Marcos High School just going against Clemens, but going 39 to 62, very close. So I think no matter what happens, it's going to be a close game either way. But I think they have a solid chance of having and bringing home that W if they're able to keep up that energy throughout the entire game. Absolutely, Luke. And like Justin said, last final question, with a few games left in district play, what are y'all season any predictions? They do have to face off steel, like we said tonight, along with Judson and New Braunfels and East Central once again. That New Bronzeville team, that New Bronzeville's team, that's really going to be a big game for uh, for the Rattlers. It's going to be a determining game. And East Central's also a pretty good team as well. Uh, you know, I, I would say I'm thinking they're making it out of the first round. I could say that. And I think it's going to be a tough, you know, second round loss, uh, maybe by a free throw. Mm. No, that sounds <laughs> wrong. But no, if you before their amazing playoff year last year, yeah. The year before that, I produced the game when they missed a free throw to win a playoff game. It was tough. It's definitely going to be a battle for sure for playoffs always. I feel like playoffs are always the fun and interesting games. I think they'll get a win over Steel and East Central, but the games against Judson and New Braunfels, those will definitely be a battle and they'll have to bring their A game for sure. Oh, 1,000%. And like we said, the next game will be tonight, February 2nd at 7 p.m. at the Snake Pit. Our very own Giancarlo and Tyson Taylor will be on the call for that one as well, so make sure to tune in here at KTSW 89.9. Moving on to San Marcos Girls basketball, they're currently sitting at 3-5 and five in district. They recently just won versus Clemens, 47-36. to 36. With that being said, how can the Lady Rattlers keep this good momentum going for the rest of their season? Tonight they play the still yes. right. They play still as well. So last time the Lady Rattlers played them, the score was forty to seventy five. We lost. The Lady Rattlers lost. But that during that game, the Lady Rattlers only scored fourteen points in the first half. And so post game interview with Coach Irving, um, Brooklyn Harris is a big time scorer for the Lady Rattlers, and she was she fouled out early in the game. So tonight I'm I am excited to see her like start and hopefully maintain like her fouls and her game like yeah she plays with aggression and all this and we're excited to see that and also still like if you look at this lady knights team they're a big squad like um mia hammond the big time scorer for still she scored 29 points last game so i feel like the lady rattlers they did it later in the game where they defeat um my gosh, they double teamed her. I'm sorry. They double teamed her later later on in the game, and I feel like they just need to get it started earlier so they can like lessen like her points. Yeah, like you say, start earlier. They need to come out with high energy and don't even think about the score of the last game. It was a tough loss, but if you look at it, Steele is averaging almost 55 points a game and the Rattlers are averaging 54. So they do have the ability and talent to win. They just they just got to show off early. Yeah, I think Steele is, I mean, just going off, it's, it's going to be a tough game no matter what. Looking at Steele, 25-8 to eight and 7-1 district, it's going to be a hard, 
hard game. And Steel right now is going on a, a seven win streak. But with that win streak, I think that uh, they might start to get a little lazy on their games. And with that, they might be able to make mistakes. And with that, I think that it's really going to come down to uh, San Marcos High School girls going off of that uh, win uh, they just won against Clemens, so if they're able to keep that motivation high and they're able to, like you said earlier, uh, be on their A game, I think that there's a high chance that, uh, or I mean, I think there is definitely a chance that the Samarcus High School girls will be able to break that win streak and come home with a win. I love how you say it because, you know, the Rattlers have nothing to lose right now. <laughs> exactly. Who has something to lose? The winning streak. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so you just said it perfectly. Yeah, 1,000%. We will unfortunately not be producing that game tonight, but it will be tonight, like we said, at 7 p.m. at Steel. But with that being said, we're going to take a quick break, then hop back into some Texas State basketball. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Bobcat Radio on KTSW 89.9 San Marcos. Welcome back from the break. You're listening to KTSW 89.9 San Marcos. Let's get back into some Texas State hoops. Starting off with Texas State men's basketball, they won last night versus South Alabama 74-66. Star player of the game, Davion Sykes, with his first start of the season and his first career double-double. Not to get it mixed up with in and out by the way. But he had his first career-high 18 points and 11 rebounds. Dylan Dawson records his third straight game with double-digit points. Caden Gums, bro, the San Marcos Rattlers, little home uh, home star, you know what I mean? <laughs> he came out with six assists, his highest mark against a Sunbelt Conference opponent. Dude, how do the Bobcats push the pass behind them when facing off Southern Miss? Not to get it too into it, but we can talk about last night's game. It's whatever. I mean, I, I got to... to you know, direct this game with for ESPN, and I loved watching this game. It was just such a fun game. Dylan Dawson is someone that also needs to be shouted out. Four three-pointers. And this guy, I believe he scored, I think, three of those. Uh, he was four for six from the three-point line. He scored three of those in the first half, and he also scored the buzzer beater, I think, that was at the end of the, uh, the first half. So really good game from Dylan Dawson. And honestly, from all the Bobcats here, I think they really took advantage of, you know, this, uh, this team, really, really. I think they did. And, um... You know, it's it's. I think you talked about Jordan uh, Mason. Jordan Mason as well. Jordan Mason had a great night as well. Jordan Mason, he had you know over eleven points. He was three for eleven shooting though. Got to improve that mark. And a really good job by the Bobcats. They got sixteen points off of turnovers. So a really good way to push the ball. What's really impressed me about this Bobcat team is these men are coming off of injury. Like obviously, Davian Sox came off of injury and had a double double. Like that's. That's crazy to me because obviously coming off of injury, you have to ease your way back into the game. But, you know, I guess when you're fully healed, you're going to go and play your all. And this is what he gave tonight. And that's why he averaged his double-double. Yeah, I mean, this was a great team game by Texas State against South Alabama. Everyone contributed. Four Bobcats ended with double digits. And again, like you said, Jordan Mason, he came off the bench and really contributed with 11 points. And Audrey talks about Caden Gums, six assists. There's a reason why he gets as much playing time as he does. He makes stuff happen for his teammates, and he's able to create space with the ball and make stuff happen. Yeah, just looking at this team, I mean, the first thing I noticed whenever looking at these stats, like you said, four players with over 10 points. Very well-rounded team overall. Looking at uh, South Alabama, Tyreel Jones was the only person to have double digits, 16 points. The rest of the team was like eight points, six points below. So they, they were really relying on Tyreel Jones to really be able to carry their team. Texas State isn't like that. They're able to absolutely rely on each other for not only those assists, those rebounds, those 
those points, but they're able to really work together and they're not relying on just one single person to really carry this team. And with that, I think that's just a really strong element for any really competitive team that has a chance of really doing good for the season. So that's the first thing I noticed. And then also just looking at the two quarters, that first quarter, it was a very low scoring quarter. Uh, Texas State with 28 points uh, compared to South Alabama's 24. But going to the second quarter, it really sped up with 40 points apiece coming from both teams. And so they were really able to pick up the energy. And with that second half, Texas State uh, was able to take that lead and and be able to have that W for that game. You know, one interesting thing I just noticed is that, you know, Texas State is last place in the entire Sun Belt in offense right now, currently. Really? I mean, they're only averaging 69 points a game, but the fact that Texas State has the fifth best defense in the entire Sun Belt is a big reason why they can shut out South Alabama and other teams. South Alabama, only the 11th best defense in the entire Sun Belt. Um, so, you know, truthfully, and, uh, you know, we also said, uh, I think it was Tyrell Jones as well. Yes. Um, yeah, he's, you know, he's above uh, any Texas State players right now when it comes to the, the leaders right now. So, um, you know, really just uh, a really good matchup. And now they got to play against Southern Miss and Southern Miss is a pretty good team. And they have one of the best players in the entire Sunbelt Conference right now when it comes to leaders. And his name is Austin Crowley. This guy. He's doing great. He is currently leading. He's seventh in the Sun Belt, averaging 15.6 points a game. So that's someone that the Bobcats are going to have to face next. Absolutely. Well, that is my follow-up question. <laughs> in other words, Justin, uh, how do the Bobcats push the pass behind them when facing off Southern Miss? The last time they met was earlier, I believe, uh, January the 24th. The loss, 79 to 69. Justin, if you want to repeat what you just said, you gladly can. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I'm I'm just about to say this right now. <laughs> we don't have, don't only just, I mean, Southern Miss doesn't just have Austin Crowley averaging 15.6 points per game, but also Donovan Ivory, 13.6, Victor Hart, 13.3, and Andre Curbiello, 12 points per game. So this team has four players averaging double figures a game. They're shooting well below, uh, well above 40% from the, you know, from the field, 40% from three. I mean, these guys are real good basketball players. I don't know if you've ever seen the basketball stadium in Southern Miss. I mean, you look it up on your phone. It is one of those beautiful sights to see. I think it's one of the oldest stadiums in the United States too, but um, you know, really this Southern Miss team is a powerful team and uh, see what the Bobcats can do to change that, uh, that last matchup they had, you know? Yeah. What's the saying? Like defense wins games. So hopefully, you know, the defense are able, uh, the Bobcats are able to operate on defense well against Southern Miss. And it's going to be a, a matchup that you don't want to miss for sure. Yeah, the Bobcats are 0-2 all-time against Southern Miss. And the game they played against Southern Miss last year, the Bobcats had 15 turnovers, and Southern Miss was able to convert that into 18 points. So definitely playing cleaner basketball. And Justin, going back to you, Austin Crowley is a dominant player. So if they can find a way to lock him up and not let him score you know, more than 15 points, then I think they can win this game. Absolutely. You can catch this game on February 3rd versus Southern Miss at 4.15 p.m. here at Strahan Arena. Our very own David Casaneda will be on the call for that one. And moving on to Texas State women's basketball. They recently just lost versus Old Dominion, 66-58. to They started off strong in the first half, leading 33-22. to Bobcats shot 44.4% in the second half, while the Monarchs shot only 20%. As a stat girl, that is 
the math ain't mathing. Jalen Foster, though, she had 12 points and four rebounds, and Janaya Henson with her signature buzzer beater at halftime to lead the Bobcats. What are our thoughts on this past game against Old Dominion? I think it was it was a fun game. It was the annual kids game. There was 3,000 kids in attendance. The Bobcats <laughs> did start off strong, but, you know, the Monarchs tied up the game two minutes into the fourth quarter, and the Bobcats just could not take the lead after that. The Monarchs are the number one defensive team in the Sunbelt Conference, so this was definitely a dog-eat-dog battle, but the Bobcats unfortunately just couldn't pull away with the win. Yeah, I feel like this was definitely a low-scoring game for the Bobcats, if I do have to be honest. Because, like, every time, we're always going, dominating in the first half, and we're scoring, come out of halftime, and just that. I also want to give a shout-out to Tiffany Tullis. She hit her 1,000 uh, career high for rebounds this year. So shout-out to her. And, yeah. You know, yeah, it is a low-scoring game. You want to know why it's a low-scoring game? Because you have players shooting a combined one for 11, and that's I'm talking to Sierra Dixon and Garabeth South here. And so, you know, you really got to be able to score the ball. Uh, looking at this game, you know, Janiah Henson led, you know, 14 points. We mentioned that. Jalen Foster, 12. You know, Morgan Hill, she has 12, and Morgan Hill knows how to use her size for advantage, but... You know, you really got to have some some consistency when it comes to all your starters. You know, you, you can't have starters score at two points, one point. You know, your starters have to play, uh, you know, like like starters. I don't think I need to say that. Uh, you know, right now, Old Dominion, they took advantage of the Bobcats. Really, they got 36 points in the paint. No one was able to shut down the, the paint area. And then you also got 20 points given away on fast breaks. So you don't know how to get back on the fast break. You got to get up there. And then 24 points were given away off of turnovers. Now, to me, I don't need, I don't think any offense in the world could save you from these defensive struggles. <laughs> it's defensive struggles. Just get to keep the ball, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's not defensive struggles. What am I talking about? It's offensive struggles it's so holding the rock. It's turning over. <laughs> just, it's just the simple things. And really, you can honestly improve on these things. It just takes some more chemistry and some work and some really some patience out there. I know these girls. You know, this is this season has not been the best that they've had in a long time. Two and eight in conference play. This is not a great start. But you can't get too jittery. You got to play your game and play it and look at the shot clock and realize take your time with it. That's all you got to do. Yeah, Old Dominion is just, I mean, looking at them, they're a tough team. They're a 15-5 record, and but with that first half, as was mentioned earlier, uh, Texas State was able to have a, such a strong lead. They had an 11-point lead going into that uh, second half, but looking at the fourth quarter, they just simply lost it. It was a 12-24. They... Uh, that third and fourth quarter, it was a struggle, and a large part of that is that there might have been some uh, tiredness going on. There might have been some a little bit of an overconfidence going into that second half. They they're like, okay, we're winning against a very good team right now. We've got this, and then they with that, it kind of was their downfall. And I mean, yeah, Janaya Henson, fourteen points, absolutely killing it with those three pointers, four three pointers. But with that, the all of that, a lot of that is in that first half. And so they were, they started missing, they started making mistakes. And with that, they, and not to mention just the rebounds, 31 to 41, those rebounds started to uh, really catch up to them. And with that, they just lost that lead and couldn't get it back. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, Luke. With that being said, are there any predictions for Saturday's game against South Alabama? They won their last matchup 63-44, to not even to mention that South Alabama is 4-13 to all-time against Texas State with the Bobcats leading, winning the last contest, like I said, 63-44. to 
I mean, South Alabama, zero and ten in conference play. They are last place uh, among a lot of Sunbelt Conference stats. This team is going through a rebuild. They, you know, a lot of changes, so that's going to happen. But really, this is the perfect opportunity for the Bobcats to win a game. I mean, this is a test. If, if I'm telling you, I'm if I'm a Bobcat basketball player, and I'm like, okay, here's our opponent. Come on. I just got to – this is this is the best chance I got. I'm just going to get the win here. But, you know, you really got to win this. This is a test to see if your team is even capable of, you know, pulling something off in the playoffs or anything like that. Uh, you got to win against South Alabama. This is, this is a big game. And you won against them last time, so you want to keep that same momentum. Yeah, I think the mindset for the Bobcats going into this game shouldn't be – well, yeah, they are 0-10, but I don't think they should think about that. They should start off like they would any other team because – like South Alabama has nothing to lose there. They'll do anything for a win at this point. And South Alabama is relatively small. They have a girl that's five, six, they have a few five, eight girls. So I think Texas state does have the capability to dominate this game. Exactly. Speaking of advantage, like we have people that are able and willing to take it straight to the basket. So hopefully we get a lot more of that from this for the South Alabama game. And, like Luke was saying, Janaya Henson and her threes, hopefully she has more throughout the game and just not in the first quarter that she's able to go out through the rest of the three quarters. Yeah, this game is really a time to get that motivation and that momentum really rolling for the team. And though they just came off of a loss, what they can make this next game a hard win. And all they have to do is... Try not to become a little bit over arrogant. I mean, whenever you're going against um, teams that aren't doing quite as well, it can be really easy to, to have overconfidence that can really get the best of you. But they just need to go into this, not let up, and have a high-scoring game to really get that motivation going, and then they are really able to finish off the season with a strong end. Yeah, for sure, Luke. And then just to bring up the last game, the last matchup with South Alabama, they had Rachel Leggett lead the squad with her first double-double of her career. She tied a career high for 17 points and bringing down a career high for 10 rebounds. She's a sophomore guard. She tied her career high, like I said, with seven made field goals, going seven out of 10 from field. And she also tied her career high for three pointers with Three-pointers, three-pointers, three-pointers. Three, three, three. <laughs> little, little, little play of words right there. And then not even to mention Kelsey Thompson. She also finished in the double figures, totaling 14 in the contest for her 13th double-figure game of the season. That's insane for a college D1 college player to be doing that. Wow. Mad respect for you. They're still doing it. 11 and a half points per game, Kelsey Thompson. There you go. Justin Brown with the facts. It's, it's right the there. Thompson last name. You know, I think <laughs> I that, that last that. name, you know, I, Taylor Quinn knows plenty about. No, oh, no, you're a Devin Booker fan, aren't you? I, I, I still love Clay Thompson. Yeah. Warriors are my team. Or the Thompson twins. Yeah. 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 You know, I just gotta I you know, I should just put Thompson in my last name so when I go hoop with y'all, I just automatically yeah. can shoot. Oh three yeah. point yes. land. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, while we just have, you know, some time here, like, let's talk about, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I want to get your your minds going. So the transfer portal at Texas, I mean, not we're not talking about transferring or anything like that. I'm not talking <laughs> about Texas State in general. I just want to hear, you know, thoughts on uh, the transfer portal in college, college athletics. Do you think that uh, it, it allows for, you know, some small schools to stay small forever because all the good talent is just going to go to the bigger schools because they'll get bigger paychecks? Or what do you guys think? Um, I say no because, no. like, obviously big-time players can come here and, like, put a, a small school on the map. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, that's, like, my whole deal. Like, 
okay, you're going, okay, for instance, you signed to Alabama, you're going to one, okay. But, like, I feel like most of the people that go to these big-time schools is why they want to choose the smaller schools because they go out there and play, but then, okay, they're redshirting or they're not playing Yeah, they'd all rather day. get noticed. You'd rather be a big, big fish time. in a small pond. Exactly, right? yeah. and I just feel like you can come to a smaller school and just have that same aroma and audience from aroma. a big <laughs> that's an aroma and audience from a big school here at a smaller school yeah i i agree with you kalani if you think about tj finley he played at big sec schools he went to lsu and when he came to texas state he he got noticed a lot and i think that opened a lot of opportunities for him and i think the transfer port- portal is great and i think some big players have decided to go to smaller schools so they can get that recognition like tj finley yeah. not to mention a big player going to a small school i want to shout out my EP listeners right here. We got a star running back here from Texas State, Calvin Hill. He recently signed with UTEP, University of Texas at El Paso. That's another thing. Like, are all these players are going into the transfer portal for what reason? Well, that is that's the the reason I bring up this question. It's because you know we talk about you said how uh, a lot of people come to these smaller schools, so their stat they look good. You know, yeah. they obviously are going to stand out. You know. If I was at the SEC and I wasn't good enough to make a starting roster, I could come to the SBC and have a starting spot, no prop. And so a lot of these guys come down here and they ball out. They win a bowl game, whatever they got to do, and it boosts their draft stock. It makes them look better as a player. Look, I came here in one year. I just won them a bowl game. They haven't done this in 40. So that's the mindset a lot of these players have. So then they win a game and they're out. And, uh, you know, truthfully, I think – you know, I feel like small schools, they deserve to have a winning culture. Back in the day, you didn't have the free, you know, the, the yeah. transfer, transfer portal. You got drafted. If I went down to the high school and I was, you know, <laughs> looking down there, I'm a football scout and I'm sitting in the stands and I'm like, man, that guy can play football. <laughs> and guess what? I'd sign him a deal. He has to be here. Guess what? At my school, he couldn't go anywhere else. And guess what? He's going to play the hardest because I found him. I went through the work to find him. Now, these big schools, they just use the small ones to find him, the small schools to find him. So I don't know. We don't need to have this debate. Right now, per se, maybe we can navigate into some weather if Audrey wants to. But, you know, it's something I think is uh, is something that needs to be talked about. Uh, it's it's a system right now. It, it's a very unique one. And I just thought we had the time to talk about it because right we, we had nothing else on the script. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that, Mr. JB, Mr. Justin Brown. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pass it to you, our little meteorologist man. Give us the weather for the day. Yeah, emphasis on the little man. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, let's talk about the weather right now. Currently, it's 66 outside and cloudy. Yep, it looks like the groundhog is hiding still. <laughs> um, low 52 tonight. That's going to be later. Don't worry about it today. Uh, high of 70. Well, it already passed. Don't worry. You're not going to get any hotter. Um, but uh, let's look at the rest of the week. You know, Saturday, high of 71, low of 48. It's going to be sunny all day. Don't worry about these clouds. Sunday, high of 69, low of 48. It will be windy. And Monday, high of 65, low of 41, and a 4% chance of rain. But... I think you're good to come to class without an umbrella. So that is your weather forecast for the weekend. Could you uh, describe today's weather in a sound? That would that'd be yeah, really got helpful. Yeah, I got it. Got it. That was, uh, I think, a beautiful accurate, <laughs> accurate representation. That was very accurate. Thank you for the ASMR, Justin Brown. Um, I know all so y'all got blown that. away. <laughs> Literally. Y'all can go to sleep now. All righty, (laughs) y'all. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Bobcat Radio. If you enjoyed this broadcast and never want to miss anything San Marcos, make sure to follow us at KTSW Sports on Instagram, X, and Spotify. Once again, I've been your host, Audrey Pasillas, and with my producer, Justin Brown, and my co-host, Taylor Quinn, Kalani DeLuna, and Luke Fox. Thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely day, and let's get you back to the other side of radio.